0: You learn something new every day so we had the big storms yesterday and there's still plenty of big storms crossing the country i think it's going to start uh, you know maybe evening out a little bit uh, by this weekend but i didn't realize that the big storms that we were having uh, yesterday and throughout today was called the bomb cyclone bomb cyclone cyclone now we've heard the nor'easters which are the, you know, the storms uh, going up into the northeast, which are like, you know, winter hurricanes. But now we don't have winter hurricanes in the west moving east. We have bomb cyclones. Like I said, you learn something new every day. Welcome to it. Chewing the fat with Jeff Fisher. All right, what is going on? Now today, we have another recall, 78,164 pounds of turkey, butterball turkey to be exact, contaminated with salmonella. I, I don't know what's happening in America anymore, but it's, I'm getting scared to eat things. I'm still going to eat them, don't get me wrong. I'm just nervous about eating them. Like, I feel like, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't have three plates. Ah, go ahead. Speaking of uh, eating and, and uh, you know, gorging yourself and, uh, you know, just pounding down a barbecue, uh, which, you know, who doesn't love to go to a big, you know, a good pig roast every now and then and have fun and hang out. So for years, uh, we've wondered what uh, Stonehenge was for. Aliens built it. Some kind of sign. Some kind of thing. We didn't know what was going on. Well, now uh, we've just found leftovers there from a forty-five hundred-year-old pig roast at Stonehenge. That's what Stonehenge was. It was a big roast party place. I'm loving it. We need to start that. We need to start that again. I want pig roast at Stonehenge. We should have a chewing the fat fan gathering pig roast. At Stonehenge, I like it. So they claim that they have found uh, eighty-five hundred bones uh, from here, that uh, and the pigs' bones outnumbered the cattle ten to one. Now they figure the presence of large amounts of pig bones and other similar ceremonial sites in the region reinforced the idea that prehistoric pork roast was a you know a phenomenon in southern England. They they just don't know whether they were having these big parties to make everybody unify or they were trying to forge alliances between neighboring groups. But uh, I love the fact, you know, it was just, it was a party and it was to do both. It was to unify and to forge alliances. That was the whole deal. That's why we had Stonehenge. I mean, hello, why don't they just call me? I could have told them that. (laughs) If you live in New York watch out I'm not not talking about rats in the subway not talking about people homeless people begging you on the streets I'm talking about we have a new mob war going on uh Francesco Kelly the boss of the Gambino family I'm sorry the suspected boss of the Gambino family uh last night shot and killed outside his home in Staten Island uh now he's he's been the boss for a while now uh, the former leader Gotti, remember, he was part of the, he was the leader of the Gambino family, and he had uh, uh, what's his face killed back in the '80s to take over the Gambino family. Shot him outside the restaurant. Have a nice day. So uh, we've got a new mob war going on. I mean, they apparently there's and they've got nothing. They have got nothing on who did this. They know that a truck, a blue truck, drove through the neighborhood. They know that he got some kind of text or call before he went outside. They found 10 rounds outside the house. Uh, they got nothing. They got no gun. They don't know who did it. They got no ey- eyewitnesses. They got, you know what they've got? Butkus. Butkus is what they got. Is it Bupkus? Bupkus, not Butkus. Butkus is the dog. Rocky. Rocky one. Anyway, they've got Bupkus or Butkus. Right, we got a mob war, so just keep your head down keep your head down be careful out there you don't know what could happen any day now i know that's a that's kind of not our crime done wrong segment you know it's a mobster but we do have a a, a lady that uh, decided to uh, create some insurance fraud so her and her uh her family uh got together and they purchased uh you know they purchased some insurance contracts and uh they call them insurance contracts uh in slovenia Uh, And they were trying to get some extra money. So this 21-year-old woman uh, wanted to claim 400,000 euros in insurance payments. And how does she go about doing that? She cut her own hand off. Ouch. I mean, ouch. Now, she'd been cutting tree branches. And so she severed her left hand just above her wrist and uh ouch now when they took her to the hospital they left her hand they left her hand out with the trees they didn't even bring it with them they were like nah nah, nah, we don't need that thing you're never gonna get that thing back on have a nice day and uh so they, they take her to the hospital the doctors hurry back to the house and find the hand bring it back and they sew it back on they're like no you're not we're not losing this thing you're gonna get it so now she's you know a little bit d- disabled she's got the disability of the of those sawed off hands sewn back on good luck getting the use of that thing back in today's world no question but they were so strange they were like you know he's got all this new insurance contracts and all of a sudden and then they forgot her hand and what's going on here the families, and uh yeah no uh this is fraud we're not paying you anything. So they did the whole went through the whole thing for uh, nothing. A uh, crime done wrong. Have a nice day. You cut your own hand off. Ow! For four hundred thousand. Got to be more. It got to be worth more than that. Got to be. Got to be worth more than
1: that. Hey. Hi. How are you?
0: I'm fine, thank you.
1: I'm listening to you from the corner because you have me working on extra stuff this week, and um, you were talking about the Gambino family. Yeah. And was, what, what happened mo- to him? The mob war. He died?
0: Yes. He died? Yes, he's he's uh, dead. Uh, shot and killed outside of his home. The new mob boss. He was the purported boss of the Gambino family. Why?
1: No, just wondering.
0: Why do you ask me like that? <laughs> I mean, I love gangsters, I love them. Does
1: he have a book coming out too?
0: Why? I'm just asking. Does he yeah, have a book? I doubt it, but there's a there's a there's another crime boss that has a book coming out pretty soon. Right? The guy yeah. the guy that um Florida? Oh shoot. No. No. That's another one. All right, the Florida one, uh Daughter of a King. Princess, yeah. Daughter of a King. Uh we got to talk to her. She lives in Tampa Bay. got to talk to her uh her father was um Meyer Lansky Uh, he was a money guy for the mob but I just saw a headline uh the other day about a mobster that believes that all these gangsters were part of him and he had he knew all he knew all about uh Marilyn Monroe he's an old guy now but he was all part inside the gangsters. He's got a book out too. We've got to talk to him too. He he looked really fascinating because no matter what he tells you, he believes it's the truth. Because when you listen to it and you think, eh, I don't think that's true, and it probably isn't. But the way he's going to tell it, it's true, and it's going to be it be fun fun to listen to him. No, this guy has no book coming out. I mean, he's had a family and he's running the he's running the today's world crime syndicate. You're up against the Russians. Um, You're up against. uh, uh, You're up against the U.S. government. You're up against the uh, cartels. Uh, That's a tough business to be in these days, real tough. And that's why you only you know the bigger cities: New York, Detroit, uh, maybe Flint and Saginaw in Michigan, and then you got Chicago and uh you got tampa still the old school mobsters from cuba and uh, gangsters that are tied to the new york mob uh but you boy tough tough that's tough working today that's tough working and you see how tough it is too because he's at home with the wife and kids and he gets a little text and goes out on the front porch dead have a nice day good luck god bless and that's the business you're in though
1: No retrospective.
0: Did on Frank on Cali? Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. I apologize. I didn't write one for Frankie boy, Uh, but he's definitely worth a retro. I mean, he's he's a you know he's been a bad guy. He's seriously uh, deep ties to the Sicilian mafia. Shadows at his home. Is this a
1: retrospective?
0: It could be. I'll give you off the top of my head retro for Frankie Boy. Can yeah. you? All
1: right.
0: <laughs> uh, Frank Kelly. Dead
2: at the age of 54. How old was he? Hold on. I said 54. You're in character. So you're supposed to oh, know yeah, this. Dead. You're in
1: character. You should He's have been to 54.
0: This. Well, I kind of like the retro voice. Of the box. That's kind of, I like that.
2: Yeah, I found it for you. Frank Kelly once described the rising star of the American mafia. An influential figure who surrounded himself with Italian-born associates gained the trust of Jackie the Nose D'Amico, the acting boss who promoted him to capo before the age of 40. His ascension within the Gambino crime family, one of the most significant criminal organizations in the U.S. Frankie Boy Kelly. Dead. At the age of 53. This has been Retrospective. In real life, there were five more shots in front of Frank's house. According to witnesses, it sounded like the same gun as it did here. At the age of 53 years, Frankie Boy Kelly, reputed crime boss of the Gambino family, dead. This has been Retrospective. On CTF.
0: So yesterday, uh, those of you that heard the podcast, uh, Chewing the Fat, um, here on the Blaze Podcast Network, know that we uh, spent the podcast trying to figure out, oh, what the heck.
1: Not again, Jeffy. Just let it go.
0: Now, I mean, this birthday thing, the the, the boys, uh, after we posted the podcast, we found out that the guy, the dad, got a new phone number, right, because he was overwhelmed with calls. But the story was still running. I mean, the story was still viral all over the country. But we called the number, and it went to what we found out was a uh, an app that, you know, from a, a company called Robo Killer, not Killer Robot. No, not Killer Robot. Which I may have called it that a lot. I like, I like. It it's a new branch of Robo Killer. <laughs> they also kill robots yeah, this, in the future. It's robot killer. Yeah, yeah, robot killer. uh It's a. It's a, yeah. It's right. Yeah. It's just a. It's just a. Just an extension of RoboKiller.com. Uh, so, but I was fascinated why it would went to this because if they got a new number the old number is either dead right or it just goes why would they bring up send us to this app do you want to try again On top of which i wondered what this app kind of cool but what calls it because we called from cell phones and it didn't go to the app right but it went to the app when we called from the station lines so ethan gar the vice president of uh, product development for RoboKiller, not robot killer uh uh heard about it and wanted to give us an update on exactly what robo killer is and does and how we ran across it yesterday ethan how are you sir i'm good
3: thanks for having <laughs> me on your show
0: <laughs> absolutely so Ethan, what do you guys do? Anybody, let's just, let's just get, it, get it out there. Let us know what you guys do and what uh, RoboKiller and RoboKiller.com uh, does and how it helps people.
3: Sure. RoboKiller is an app for your smartphone, your iPhone, or your Android phone that stops these annoying RoboCalls and telemarketing calls from reaching your phone. But what's cool about it and what you guys found out is that after we, when we block these calls, we actually answer those calls in the background with something we call AnswerBot. And answer bots are these robots of our own that talk back to the scammers and waste their time. So they help you get even get a little revenge on these people who are constantly invading you with 5.4 billion robocalls every month.
0: Wow. That's a lot of, that's a lot of robocalls.
3: Yeah. You're on average. That means most Americans are getting 21 per month, but you probably know people who get even, you know, get, get a few every day or even more.
0: So, and most people, I guess, aren't like me and just don't answer
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the problem. I think a lot of people have gotten to the point where when a, a ringing phone isn't something they look forward to. In fact, they, they you know it, it causes stress and anxiety instead of being what it should be, which is you know something welcome. When I was a kid, if the phone rang, you're excited. It was someone yeah, you wanted true. to talk to. Gr- so we're trying to give people that back by pr- creating an app that really fights back against the scourge of robocalls. I mean, it it really is an epidemic at this point. And you know if you're getting that many calls. You know, they're interrupting your dinner, they're interrupting yeah. your meetings, your family time. So if, if you don't put something between you and these calls, it's, you know, it's taking away from your life. And in the worst cases, it's, you know, reaching into your pocket, stealing your money, or stealing your identity. And, you know, they, uh, the FTC estimates that uh, last year, nine and a half billion dollars in scam revenue uh, originated wow. from from these kinds of calls. So, you know, we, we really want to make a dent in and make a difference. And, uh, you know, we're really proud of the products and how it's helping you know really thousands and thousands of people hundreds of thousands of people uh solve this problem every day
0: so okay you sold me all right easy ethan back off me all right i got it you sold me <laughs> so i i could i can. the app obviously isn't free but i can get it at the app store and uh you know download it the robo killer app uh, i love the idea of it it's great now when uh when we picked it up, uh, we heard from uh, a couple people that uh, created uh, some of your robo answers. Your answer bots, yep. Uh, your answer bots, yeah, and uh, said, "Well, I know exactly what that is." And then, you know, they were able <laughs> to confirm that it was you guys, that it was your, yeah. you know, that it was your app. Um, yep. uh, uh, two questions for that. I mean, uh, well, actually, I just have actually one question. Why is not my voice part of that? Uh, why am I not answering for a robo killer?
3: Hey. I would love if, if you what want to record the an answer I would love I would love for you to record an answer for us, and we'd be happy to put it up up there and let it go into rotation and let people uh, share it out there. I mean, the great thing about answer is you can use that a library, including the ones from uh, Ashton and Art that you saw yesterday. Yeah, but you can also create your own. Um, so we, we tried to make we tried to make fighting back against robocalls something fun and entertaining. You know, that's and it's, really funny. Uh, but yeah. Absolutely, that, that's uh, really funny. So how many now? It.
0: When we we called back, I think five or six, six, seven times yesterday, and we got seven different ones, right? And so yeah. uh, I was uh, the the first one is the one that caught us off guard. The first one I was really it really made me angry, and I was ready. Then I I stopped it, and I didn't realize what it was. And then when I called the number, I was like, "We got to call back. I want to find out who this is because I didn't realize that it was a uh, that it was part of your uh, part of your app." And when we called back and got someone else, then we realized what was going on. And uh, so you had me. You had me for a little while. You definitely had me for a little while. Uh, but it was, how many How many of them, do you, do, every time you call, I mean, does, is it is it a rotation that you set or is it a rotation that the company sets?
3: So it's, it can be either or. So the, we have about 100 answer bots you can choose from or you can create your own. And you can either pick one or multiple ones that you want to, to use, or you can actually just use a random rotation, which is probably what you heard. And I have a feeling in this case that somebody might have done something interesting to, uh, to, to make sure that people, everybody was getting our answer bots. We don't just block every, every unknown call that comes to you. We're actually really careful. Our algorithm uses really advanced technologies like audio fingerprinting and machine learning and user feedback to decide if a call is a robot or a human. And to decide which calls get through and which don't, so it seems to me like someone uh, someone might be have hacked our hacked something a little bit so that every call you're getting is going to one of these answer bots. And you actually mentioned that uh, that I think some from cell phones didn't didn't go to this, so it makes Correct. me skeptical of that. So someone might have I don't know if someone recorded our answer bot or some of our answer bots and we're playing them directly. I'd have to. I, i got to do a little more research. You caught me while I'm traveling. I'm actually uh, just about to catch a train back from D.C., but I'm going to try to figure out exactly what's going on on this one. It is interesting.
4: It is. It's an interesting story. (laughs) It is very interesting, and it threw
0: me for a little bit uh, because it all started. I just wanted to call and wish the guy happy birthday. That's all I wanted. I just wanted to call. I figured I'd go to voicemail, you know, I'd give the guy a stupid happy birthday message and be done with it. And then we fell into this and it really was, you know, really frustrated us for quite some time. And now that we know that your, you know, your system can be hacked, Ethan. Oh, my God. That, what, no, is no, on? what is a, going i'm not saying <laughs> i'm not saying a
3: system was hacked no i know I'm that i someone, know that i'm just messing hacked, with you someone hacked around yeah <laughs> we're, we're pretty careful about that
0: <laughs> yes absolutely i understand i believe that um anyway ethan when <laughs> when you when you dig into it a little bit stay in touch okay we definitely want to know we definitely want to be here what uh, what what if you find out anything that'd be great
3: Happy to do so. And uh, just, uh, you mentioned, you know, that the app is not free. That is true. But if you go to the app stores, either one, the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store, there's a seven-day free trial so people can try the app and and get a sense of whether it's going to work for them or not. I mean,
0: I already said you sold me. Stop. I I already said you sold me. Stop trying to sell me, man. What are you doing?
3: (laughs) All right. I apologize. Ethan, thank
0: you very much, man. I appreciate it. Uh, RoboKiller.com. All right, a couple stories that have been, uh, you know, itching at my tongue, or what I've, you know, really wanted to talk about. Anyway, uh, the Ethiopia plane crash. Uh, we did get a chance to talk about this yesterday, and uh, yesterday um, they finally uh, canceled or grounded the uh, Max 737 eight and nine uh, in the U.S. But for quite some time yesterday, and you know, the day before, they didn't cancel them here in the U.S. And you know the rest of the countries were canceling them and and uh um, they weren't going to do it. Boeing was fighting it and saying they weren't going to do it and i and I thought man that's a bad move if the world is already questioning you you need to you need to ground them and and test them because if something were if something happens uh you are done i mean if if something were to happen yesterday before these were grounded uh Jeff Fisher and Chris Cruz will be starting up an airline company because the government will be looking for a new company to build planes for them because they won't be working with Boeing anymore.
1: And as a veteran, we all know that I get, you know, no taxes or fees I have to pay for, so this would be a good business I to start. Just stop.
0: Just stop. If and when this show ever comes on camera, you'll see the look of disgust on my face when he does this. I mean, good for you. Good for you. I'm glad we help out our You're going to be profited in,
1: of this company. Uh, this kills me.
0: However, uh, it's good that they've ground them. Now, you know, they need to get on it, right? I mean, we need to figure out if there's a problem and if there isn't. Now, if something happens after this, at least you've covered your bases, right? You've said we, don't, we've, we can't find what's wrong with them. And then, you know, at least you can stay in business. Um, so I think it was a good move. But I think President Trump did the right thing. And I love how Boeing came along for. Well, yeah, that's fine. We're we're all for it now. Are you? Are you? Yeah, you're all for it now that Don said he's going to pull the plug. But yeah, we're right with there with you, Mister President. I bet you are. I bet you are. You need those new government contracts to keep you alive. I understand the deal, but um, the crash black box—the one box has been found, and I, I thought these black boxes were indestructible. They are. What's going on? No, they're not. They're not though. They can't. Sometimes they can't find them. The one, the, the Lion Air one. Just because you
1: can find it doesn't mean it's, it's I, well not destroyed.
0: Uh, okay, stop talking for just a second. The flight, the other seven uh, thirty-seven Max that went down, the Lion's Air one. They found one of them, so there might be one. You're right. That's still in good. But the one that they found is damaged. And I think I heard news now I haven't found I haven't verified this yet we found the one that went to France not the US by the way that usually went uh, they sent the black box to this company in Germany but Germany can't doesn't have the upgrade to to figure to get the technology of the latest black boxes so they got to send it to France instead of the US because we you know heaven forbid they test they trust the Boeing and and the United States so we'll send it to France they wouldn't do it
1: See, this goes to the theory that I have that we talked off air. It's like you got third world countries using planes like this. They don't have the technology or the maintenance plan to keep them up to date.
0: Wow. Wow. You are such a hateful. Wow. So, but I heard a report this morning, and I don't know if they were talking about the Lion's Air one, because now I can't, all I can find is the Lion's Air one, about the black box being. Uh, less than perfect uh, missing some uh, some footage some audio Why are you what have we got the black box for remember the jokes of the black you know you, you wanted to live in a house that was made of black box material because nothing could happen to it yeah wrong I mean are we what are we doing I mean let's get liberty safe to make them or something I want these things to be indestructible that's what we need Liberty Safe Black Boxes. Million dollar idea for you, Liberty Safe. Hey, you know, you you don't have a good enough business model as it is, but you need my help. Uh you just need to start making black boxes. Liberty Safe black boxes.
1: You know the actual black boxes aren't black?
0: Yeah, I know. They're usually yellow or red, something like that. Orange? Right? Yeah. Whatever. I mean they're they're different colors. I understand that. They're just they're I forget what why they started calling them black boxes. But uh I I forget the story, I knew the story at one time um but it doesn't matter because we the world knows them as black boxes. you can paint them whatever color you want they're black boxes uh but I'd like to maybe we go back to old technology on the black boxes where they survived you know the new technology yeah, no, these are we're upgrading them, but they won't survive the crashes um that's what the point is we want them to survive the crashes so okay? according
1: to this, the hardest the outside shell is made out of hardened steel or titanium. The second layer is an insulation box and the third layer is a thermal block to protect against fire and heat. Okay. How much more do you want?
0: I want whatever it takes and it's not going to be destroyed. How does something like that get destroyed? They've got to be buying it on the black market or something. They're will a black box Faulty material is what it's being made with. Oh, and by the there way- There needs to be another investigation.
1: And by the way, uh, the term black box is almost never used within the flight safety yeah, industry. Yeah, it is. They, 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 everybody calls it that. They, that's uh, just dumb. They call everybody, it a flight recorder.
0: Everybody calls it a black box. The, the world calls it a black box. That's that's a dumb story, fake news story.
1: The recorders are not permitted to be black in color.
0: Everybody calls it a black box. I don't care what permitted they color they be are. Red be
1: bright orange- and they're intended to be spotted and recovered. That makes sense. Why would you make something they're supposed to find black? That's stupid. That's fake news about the whole black box. That's no, the news. world calls it no, black box, that's a, what they call um, it. Um according to this a flight safety. According industry, to a, what?
0: Uh, a black boxopedia? Yeah, Yeah, they don't know what they're talking about.
1: Uh, wow. if they got a org wow. at the end, they knew they do know.
0: Wow. No. They start- oh my gosh, no, they don't.
1: Okay. Wow.
0: Are you I apologize for reading fake news on this program like this, but Spreading the news like this. <laughs> yeah, they got some kind of beeper in them. It doesn't matter what color they are. That's just that's fake news. They've got, a, they've got like a garage door opener beeper in them or something.
1: Not even close. Actually, it looks like a bomb, actually. It's
0: like whoa, a, whoa, yeah, it whoa. Does. It's easy. A,
1: it does. It lo- it's like a box, and it has like a little yeah, timer a, at the You end.
0: mean the, the black box is like a box? Yes. Surprise! I'm just asking. I'm just, I'm just clarifying.
1: I'm giving you all this just information clear. about, and it's all fake is-
0: news. It's all <laughs> it's all black box fake news. I'm sorry, flight recorder <laughs> fake news. Either way, now serious business. Now, either way. How are they getting, you know, let, I, I realize that everything is indestructible, Jeff, and we don't know everything that happens in the heat of the crash and everything. I got it. But if they're made with this material that Chris told you they're made with, and they're, they're still getting destroyed, or something is happening to mar their recording capability, then we need to fix that.
1: True. But what is harder than titanium?
0: I don't know. My first wife.
1: What's the Captain America uh, shield made out of?
0: My first wife. you have any more questions?
1: No, I'm done.
0: Is it a problem that I can't get upset about this whole college scam thing? I mean... I'm okay with you arresting the people who were bribing and taking bribes. Kind of. But the parents who were paying you? Stop it. Come on. They just wanted the best for their kids. If these actors, actresses, business people would have gone to the university and donated a building, the same thing would have happened and they wouldn't have been in, you wouldn't have been in trouble with you. Oh, he donated a building. That's fine. That's why the daughter's in so leave me alone with this whole thing please and i wanted to apologize as long as we're walking over to the break room um i want to apologize last week we had an execution here in texas and i failed to talk about it and that's, uh it's, it hurt me it hurt me to think that um you know last thursday we had a a week it's been a week since we had an execution and uh I failed to talk about it because look, he this guy Billy Coble, the oldest inmate executed in the state of Texas since we reinstated capital punishment back in 1982, and there was a giant fight after the execution. Okay, so he's 70 years old. He died shortly before 6:30 p.m. Uh, last Thursday, and he was put to death, deservedly so, for killing uh, his in-laws Robert and Zelda Avichia and their son who was a former Waco police sergeant in 1989. All right. He also, in this crime, tied up four children, kidnapped his estranged wife, and threatened to rape and kill her. And then they arrested him after this big chase. So his final words, which I guess sparked this giant outrage, uh, when his final words, he replied, uh, That'll be $5. Take care. And I don't know why that's so bad, but the family just got pissed. And the son's fighting and screaming. People are fighting at this execution. And the son ends up getting arrested at the execution. I mean, they started hollering. They're yelling at each other, swearing at each other. They moved it outside. Then finally the two men had to be handcuffed and were arrested. Amazing. So his nickname, I guess, was $5 Bill in prison. So when he's, you know, they're giving him the juice just before the juice kicks in. That'll be $5. Take care. (laughs) (laughs) And then the big fight started. Unbelievable. Uh, It's just really weird. Really, really weird. I mean, he deserves the death penalty. And, you know, in California, they're taking, they're stopping the death penalty. So amazing. In California, you can kill a baby. uh, Almost after, up until they, you know, the first few minutes after they come out of the mom. But you don't want to kill anybody that committed a crime in prison. We don't want that to happen. Weird. Really weird. All right, let's go to the break room. I'm thirsty. I need a Coca-Cola Zero Sugar desperately. Oh, my gosh. So good. So as long as we're hanging out in the break room, I will tell you about the, the new History Channel show that uh, is uh, set to a premiere they just uh, said they just announced that they're going to make this show called unidentified and uh as for what viewers can expect from the program the press release about unidentified indicated that it will expose a series of startling encounters and embark on fascinating new investigations that will urge the public to ask questions isn't that every show on the history channel I mean, every show about UFOs and space and uh, deep space and dark space and close space and below the planet and dirt space is all a series of startling encounters We embark on a fascinating new investigation that will urge the public to ask questions. The History Channel. Really weird. Uh, And it is Lent. And so every, every Lent, uh, every year during Lent, you get stories about people, what they're going to give up, weird things they're going to give up, and this Ohio man uh, says he's uh, giving up food and only drinking beer during Lent. So good luck, God bless, hope everything works out for you. In uh, 2025, uh, you're going to be able to apply for jobs that are going to be for a lifetime a lifetime. Now, you're going to have a, a fair starting salary with annual wage increases that match those of, and here's the catch, you've got to live in Sweden. So move to Sweden, and then you can apply for the job. Okay, these You're going to get the same uh, wage increases as all the Swedish government workers, vacation time, pension time. Uh, the job is yours for as long as you want to do it. And the job is doing anything you want. That's a good gig, my friends. That's a job everyone wants. Long as you want to do it, anything you want to do. Each morning, the chosen employee will punch a clock in the uh, the new train station that they're building. It's currently under construction. And you're going to turn on a bank of uh, fluorescent lights. Uh, other than that, that's the, you don't have to do anything. Just make sure the lights are on. Uh, you're going to not have any duties or responsibilities. You're just going to make sure everything's okay. Uh, whatever you want to do is a job uh, in the place uh, you can do. And uh, it's part of their the new Swedish brainchild of uh, eternal employment. Uh, that'll be fascinating to see if that actually works out. <laughs> 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 what could possibly go wrong? What's the job? Whatever you want it to be. Yeah, but what do I have to do? Whatever you want to do. When do I have to be here? You know, when you get here. What? uh, Is that it? Yep, that's it. Just get paid for that. Anything you want to do, as much as you want to do, that's a good gig. I guess it's kind of sucks that you have to show up to the train station, but I like trains. I could work there. Turn on the lights and you're good. And for those of you that think that you need, uh, you know, you need to have Tinder or any of the dating apps. Or online dating sites to get dates. Don't you don't. Um, This guy, 40-year-old Jason Gasparic, saw a stray dog running around in traffic earlier this month in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, he started trying to track down its owner. Took it to a vet to see if it had a microchip. Uh, It did, but the chip wasn't registered to anyone. Oh, it must have been a black box chip. Didn't work right. Uh, So then... He posted some photos on Facebook and other few sites that didn't work either. So the next day, he stood on the street corner for three hours. This is a guy that must work in Sweden that doesn't have a job. Because the next day, then he stands in the street corner for three hours holding a sign. Do you know this lost dog? Uh, The next day, he stood out. uh, It's amazing. All these people, all these girls. Oh, my gosh. He's so cute. And look at him. He loves animals so much that is so nice i'm gonna ask him out we're gonna go out he's got all these he's got rows of females asking him out he probably has rows of male too i don't know that that i don't know that's an issue i don't know if jason likes females or males or both but he's got it's date time for him and all you have to do is stand on a street corner with a picture of a dog do you know do you know where this dog belongs and the next thing you know you're looking for dates. We love to talk about things that have died of this program. It's what we do. It's part of the Chewing the Fat creed. And today is no different. We have a creed. No on, we, we have a creed. We do have a What's creed. What's our creed, Jeffy? The creed is we love to talk about things that are dead. Love it. Okay. That's, that's just one of them. Part of the creed. Part of the full... We have scroll of creeds. We have a scroll of creeds. <laughs> Situing the fat scroll of creeds.
1: Uh, one day I would like to break this down for the audience.
0: Put it on your little producer sheet.
1: I will. You know what? I will.
0: Today is no different. Today is no different at all. Why? Because we have Ian Frisch on the show. And Ian is going to tell us why magic is dead. Why is it dead, Ian? <laughs>
4: I mean, I'm not sure. You know, magic itself is dead, but maybe Wait, uh, that's the
0: title of maybe. your new book. Magic <laughs> is dead.
4: <laughs> I guess it's supposed to mean that maybe the magic that that you thought you knew is dead, is oh, being replaced with with something. At least know, something much died. More Modern,
0: right? At yeah, least something's you know. dead. That's all I care. Yeah, about.
4: at least something.
0: So, Ian, yeah. thanks for joining us on Chewing the Fat. I appreciate it.
4: So I appreciate you having me. It's
0: fascinating to uh hear from We've been talking uh I don't know the past month or so. I've talked to so many people who uh whose back was up against the wall and they really needed to uh uh you know find something to do. And just like you, uh, according to your story, your back was up against the wall. You had you had no money. You're uh you know you're staying in somebody else's office building and uh you're looking for something to do and it magically comes to you. Oh, magically comes to you.
4: Yeah. Yeah, that that's kind of the start of the journey, you know, and I, I, I didn't plan this story, you know, it kind of just fell in my lap, you know, and like you said, I was really on a, a kind of falling on hard times uh, with my writing career, and I was looking for new, big ideas, and, you know, I stumbled upon this, and, you know, I figured at first maybe it'd be a magazine piece or something, but it kind of right. consumed my life, and, you know, three and a half years later, here we are with this book.
0: So, are you still uh, are you still um, uh, involved in the dark side?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I've caught the bug, and you know, all these characters from my from my book are some of my best friends. You know, right. and you know, the, obviously, they're they're lifelong magicians, and you know, they're they're still doing their thing. So, I've kind of become a, per, uh, a member of the community.
0: Right. So, I mean, you're part of the uh, the secret society of magicians. Tell us what you can yeah. about the secret society without, you know, getting yourself killed.
4: So basically, when this whole journey started, I had stumbled upon Chris Ramsey on uh, Instagram and YouTube. And he didn't really mm. seem like any magician I, you know, come across before. You know, he had tattoos and his beard and yeah. a backward tat and this whole vibe. And Chris and I became friends, you know, uh, over the phone and on email and through text and things like that. And you know, we were corresponding remotely because he's from Canada uh, for about six months before we met in person for the first time at a magic convention. And he he had been kind of like hinting at something along the way that he was a member of of what's called the Fifty Two, which is kind of a secret society of young magicians that was founded by Daniel Madison and Laura London two magicians from, from the UK. And I was like really intrigued by that. I didn't really know what it meant. And then, you know, I come to find out that it is a collection of some of the best young magicians who are kind of pushing the craft forward in, in their own way and in, in, in the modern time. And I got to meet Daniel and Laura and I became friends with them as well. And, you know, they kind of spilled that, you know, each person uh, is given a playing card as their identity in the group But for for your induction to be official, you have to get the symbol for that card tattooed on the inside of your middle finger. And there's only 52 spots because there's only 52 cards. And when I had first met them, they had put in 46 people, I believe.
0: Wow.
4: And, um, you know, as time went on and I became closer to these people and I had expressed my, um, you know, my thoughts about maybe doing a book on this world and kind of how I've become a part of it. You know, Daniel Madison called me one day and said, you know, you you can't write a book about the 52 unless you're a member of the 52. So I became the two of clubs and I got the tattoo and everything like that. Nice. And, you know, it, you know, that's what really cemented the adventure. It's like, all right, well, I'm definitely a part of this world now. And, you know, I, I guess my, my job, you know, my, my, my role in this club is to tell its story. So
0: um, is the 52 now originally you say it was started. So there's could be only 52 members, but is it like uh, Gmail so if you uh if you have more than fifty two is there going to be like a two of clubs two uh two of the clubs no two of the clubs one six three two no so I have to get it's, that tattooed uh, on my finger
4: it's uh you know there's the the group has been completed you know yeah, uh, at the climax of of the book you know um, yeah the last couple members are put in but uh that's it you know the, the we would call we would say the deck is complete and you know, it's, it's, it it's, it's done, you know, like no one else will be put in. And, uh, you know, there's, there, there's no V2 of a certain card. (laughs) Although there, there are people out there, there are like diehard fans of, of the 52 and, and of some of the magicians in the club who have gotten their own tattoos, you know, thinking that they're part of it now. And, Uh... you know, I've actually, I've actually met people who, you know, show me their tattoo, but I know they're not a real member, so and you can kind see the, <laughs> the influence of this and, thing.
0: And I know you can't tell us you know, how they know, but is there like special... Is it like uh, the dollar bill? I could put it under the black light and I know it's the special tattoo?
4: <laughs> well, I mean, everyone in the Magic community is quite close. Um, so, you know, although you know, it's a, it's a broad subculture. A lot right. of the people who are kind of in the, in, in the inner circles all know each other. And, yeah. you know, obviously whenever someone is put into the club over the past few years, it's, it's been shared among members. So, you know, you, it's pretty easy, you know, to know when, um, when someone gets a tattoo, but they're not right. an official member. Right.
0: Um, so where, what was your most fascinating thing that you learned while you were uh, writing the book? Other than becoming, you know, obviously, I mean, it's fascinating becoming part of the 52 and which gets you, uh, you know, uh, into, the, into the realm of uh, the world. But the most fascinating thing that you've taken away from your studying for the book.
4: You know, when I first started this adventure and I was kind of becoming friends with these people, I got a really strong sense that magic was kind of a saving grace for them in their own personal lives. And each character had their own backstory and their own kind of internal struggles and how magic was something that, that helped them uh, through like a self-discovery process or uh, allowed them to kind of create and cement um, an identity. Yeah, that's that their alter
0: ego, right? With. That's their magic ego. Yeah.
4: yeah, you know, and I think magic is a very powerful tool, you know, sure. uh, to build connections with your peers and things like that. So that was something that I really took away as kind of like the kind of core thrust of, of what this story is really about, you know, and it's really about that and also the the community of these people and how they help each other and, and how tight-knit they are and how they're really dedicated to this, to this passion that, that they all share, you know, and the story in that way is kind of, you know, like a coming-of-age story about all these people and about myself as well, and, you know, that's that's really the the ethos of, of this story versus just me, you know, now learning magic tricks and things right. like that.
0: So when you, uh, when you started getting involved with learning the magic tricks, um, were you surprised at some of the tricks that uh, seemed so difficult but are not and vice versa?
4: Yeah, and that was like the most mind-blowing thing was understanding that most of the methodologies that, um, that make magic work are – Quite simple, but the you know magicians have become so adept and so skillful at manipulating uh, an audience's perception of them that they can use very very straightforward means to to fool you and make it seem like it's a a very memorable and magical and, and awe inspiring moment just through a very simple sleight of hand or you know using right. other yeah, yeah. psychological means. You know, it's not it's nothing like. Where, you know, you need these huge props or this big thing or this, or this whole plan behind the scenes. But, you know, it's, just, it's very small things that can make a really big impact. And I think that's why magic is so powerful. And that's why I think the art form has spread so rapidly to, um, to up-and-comers and, and young people. Because they can get in there and start learning things immediately and start performing them and seeing results.
0: So I'm still interested in the, uh, if I want to become the member of the 52, do I need to actually murder someone? Uh, to become no, part of the 52. No. I'm fascinated. No. I, want, I want to know how I become the, the two of clubs, too. How do I get in? What's going on?
4: I mean, it's funny because, you know, when it was first starting off and in the first couple few years when new members were being added, a lot of magicians were asking how they can be a member, but there's really no set standard for for admission. It wasn't like you could just send an application and, right. you know, well, you to, uh, Daniel... Yeah. What, Daniel, Daniel, and Laura would would seek people out, you know, and you would just get, you know, a phone call or a text message yeah. one day, and they would ask you to be in. And, and
0: we you believe know, you so, to be worthy of the fifty-two, and we want yeah. you in. Yeah,
4: exactly, exactly. And that's that's been, you know, how it's, you know, how it's how it's gone down since day one, and that's and that's the process that's carried it un, until today, when you know the the, the deck is complete. So it's
0: it's uh, as I knew your your interview was coming up today. I ran across a story. Amazingly, it popped up in my uh, one of my timelines about the Magic Castle in uh, in L.A. Have you uh, have you been to the Magic Castle? I have. And what is it? Is it worthy of uh, of trying to get into that joint?
4: Oh yeah, I love the castle. It's super fun, and it's been you know a mainstay of the magic community for decades. You know the legends of yesteryear would go there and share ideas with one another and advance the craft. And, you know, uh, membership is um, given to magicians who, um, you know, who perform and become members of the Magic Castle. Right. Then they can bring bring friends in and tons of amazing performers uh, get to perform there and you can nice. go watch shows right. and meet other magicians and hang out. And it's great.
0: Um, so, what do you what do you make of uh, the the big push on uh, let's wreck every magic trick in the world, and we're going to tell you how they're all done? What do you make of all of that?
4: I'm not really a huge fan of that. Really, you know, <laughs> and, and and I mentioned you know that show in the book, The Masked Magician, yeah. you know, breaking the magician's code, and there was no real principle behind the show other than just to reveal tricks for the sake of revealing them. And I I don't reveal many tricks at all in my book for that reason. And there are some things I speak about, but it has a context of being able to show the, show the reader how a magician thinks and their methodologies and how you can use um, sleight of hand or some small moves to be able to execute Tricks, but in, in the context of like a uh, a grand performance, I don't really give it away. So if you were to watch right. something and then then you'd be able to know how it's done. I mean, I I, I tell the reader how you know uh, maybe a couple moves are done, um sleight of hand moves. But you know, obviously, if you saw a magician perform and they and they executed that move right under your nose, you still wouldn't know that they were doing it because right. of the because because of of how good that they're performing it. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I really wasn't going into this project just being like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal secrets because right. I think that kind of cheapens the experience. It sure does. And I, yeah, and I still want people to, if they ever get to see a magician perform or if they go online and see magic, that they're going to be able to um, enjoy it still and not be like, well, I read that in that book, and I know how it's done. You know?
0: Yeah, you can't fool me.
4: Yeah, exactly.
0: Ian Frisch, author of uh, Magic is Dead, a member of the 52, which really ticks me off. Now, for for other, this is the first day of my life that I now want to be a member of the 52. I'm not a magician, <laughs> but I just want to be a member of the 52, and it's ticking me off, Ian. Ian, thank you so much for coming on to In The Fat. I appreciate it.
4: I appreciate it so much, and I'll send you a temporary tattoo so you can be a member on the weekends or
0: something. I love you for that. Thank you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> See you, man. All right. Take care.
1: I said yes, Jeffy. How many Jesses do you need?
0: I'd like yes, not Jess.
1: Uh, Both. Yes and yes.
0: No, yes. Yes. Y-E-S. That's how you say the word. Yes. Yes. Say it after me. Yes. Yes. Didn't sound like it. Yes. So I'm going to tell you a little secret. All right. Those of you that want uh, chewing the fat merchandise, uh, like the chewing the fat mug, the chewing the fat hat, the chewing the fat T-shirt, um, that's it. Go to the shop.theblaze.com. I don't know what we all have over there. We've got the we've got chewing the fat, fat, whatever, whatever we're selling. But if you want to have it, and part of like the mug, I love the mug, the chewing the fat with Jeff Fisher mug. I love that. I drink coffee out of it. Drink tea out of it. I love it. Keep I keep pens. I keep Sharpies in it. The so Sharpies drink I take coffee, from keep
1: Tea and you keep pens inside. Yeah. In that order. Yes. You wash it.
0: Sometimes. sometimes but if, you, if you're just cold I don't like it. I don't like tea and coffee hot so the cold as long as it's not too hot it doesn't melt the sharpies or the pencils oh or anything, so you drink fine. the
1: coffee and the tea yeah. inside yeah. while the pens are inside I'm the, the only cup only
0: one that touches the sharpies and stuff so what
1: but you also have sticky notes Whatever. in there what happened to those
0: they get wet sometimes if I forget to pull them out and the charger charger's not in there I never keep the charger in there what's that cable well, I'm sitting here and there's nothing in it right now. This is the wrap that ties, that keeps the charger wires together.
1: I don't know why you're yelling at me.
0: Because you're pissing me off. You're questioning my drinking habits and my chewing the fat mug. Am I cindying you? Yes. Yes, you are. But I'm trying to help our listeners out. I'm sorry. Go back. Sorry. So go to and You can get other stuff, too, if you want. I don't know why you would. But go to theshop.theblaze.com. And get Chewing the Fat merchandise. Now, I don't know any other way to save you 20% than for you to put the offer code PAT in. So I'm telling you now, get you can get Chewing the Fat merchandise for 20% off. Just use the offer code PAT.
1: That's shady.
0: Would you check out PAT? How many? And it works. 20%.
1: That's good.
0: That's good. I know.
1: As taxes and some
0: 20% at the end. 20% off. Go, Pat, and you get 20% off. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Chewing the Fat. And remember, subscribe, 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 subscribe. We need subscriptions. We're going to have to have a, you know, we're going to have to have like a a, a marathon. We're going to have to have some kind of, uh, some kind of weekend uh, uh, party show that we're on for 24 hours. And it's just a subscription is a subscription show where we just take calls and we got Mary from Maryland and uh, she's going to subscribe and she's going to donate uh, her neighbor a subscription we're going to get we're going to get Judy next door a subscription do that you know what I mean have fun with that it actually might work It'd be fun
1: by the way the promo code works
0: I know that's what I said I did you think sure I was lying bucks.
1: what you're sure for 25 bucks Yeah? That's good.
0: I'm going to try not to yell now. Because I told you this in confidence here on Chewing the Fat. And for whatever reason, Chris is having this little inner building fight with Cindy. And now he's pissed off at everybody. You heard him even call me Cindy. Cindy that's what it's all about. I'm just letting you in on the inside joke. Of, he thinks it's an inside joke. But it's not a joke because he's really angry with this with this person. And so now he's taking it out on you and me and everyone around him because he's mad at Cindy. I was just trying to help you out, get a discount at shop.theblaze.com. And then I wanted to tell you to subscribe to Chewing the Fat. I've got more stories. We can. I've got all kinds of stories to do. Apparently we're done, whether we're Cindy or not. Apparently, we've got to wrap it up. But, uh, you know, no matter what we are, I could tell you about the chickens that killed the fox. I could tell you about goats being stolen. I could tell you about the new crew at the International Space Station that's going up. We've got new humans going up there. I could tell you all of that. But you know what? Now I can. Why? Because of Chris Cindy Cruz. <laughs>